Welcome back to the Etcetera's Podcast. As always, I'm Eddie Gonzalez. I am joined by the proud owner of 14 signature sneakers now, Kevin Durant. Congrats on that, man. Congrats on the playoffs. Appreciate it. Generally, I would sit here and talk to you a little bit more. Let's get straight to our guest, yeah, though, man. Yeah, who cares Got about him. me? This guy has two signature sneakers. Yeah, big big day for this dude, man. Let's let's talk about it. We're joined by Grammy Award-winning, multi-platinum rapper, producer, singer, extraordinaire, and we're going to say guard or we going to say forward? Yeah, what are you playing? <laughs> I thought I was running a three, but sometimes they got me at the two. So whatever, whatever. Ah, you know, okay. Right. You're just a player. Forward for yeah. the Rwanda Patriots <laughs> of the BAL, my man J. Cole. Cole, how you living, man? That, that sounds so ridiculous to hear. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you at with it right uh, now, man. That's nah, no doubt. No doubt. For sure. I'm good, man. Thank y'all for having me, bro. Nah, look. So, like, just a little bit of backstory before we get into it. When Kev... Rich and I first started having convos about doing this, you were the first name to come up. And you were also the first wow. person to get back and say, yeah, I'll do it. But when the album's out. So the album is out now, the off yeah. season. Kept my word. Let's talk about it, man, because you sound hungry. That. You sound angry. Who you mad at? Like, what's going <laughs> on, man? I'm not mad at nobody, bro, but it was a, a intentional. In order, to, in order to max out on that, on that style, which, which that's how I came in the game rapping, um, but in order to max out on that, you gotta like damn near make up enemies. You know what I mean? You gotta like you you, <laughs> yeah. you just gotta you gotta rap with a hunger as if niggas, you know, that's it. That's where the hunger comes from. It's like it's like, yo, these niggas sleeping on me, you know what I mean? I'm not getting my boom boom. <laughs> and it's like even 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 if that's not necessarily true, I gotta come from from that same old place that I was coming from when I was 14, 15 years old, 21 years old, 23 years old. Like, so I just tapped into that. You know what I mean? Um, so there's no anger, but it definitely was a definitely was intentional to be like, like, all right, like I I I know that some people must not be aware. You know what I mean? Like there was there was that understanding. Um, so then it was just like after that, it was just the work uh that it took to like to show, you know what I mean? So yeah. So I get interested in like routines, like because I know as a professional player, like I know how important that routine is, like, and I know how important it is to adjust that shit as time goes on too. So like, mm -hmm. over like the last, I want to say six or seven years, how's your routine from going to the studio, maybe going to the court to hoop, to yeah. like family time? Like, what was that routine? How was crafting that routine amongst along that way, and how that help you? You know, when it was time. Man, that 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 was that's like the main word is routine because six years ago I didn't have no kids. You know what I mean? So like when when you exist with no kids, all your time is yours. You know what I mean? Like all your time is yours. Even in a relationship, like you're you're dealing with another grown person who at the end of the day is gonna be all right, whether or not I decide to stay in the studio 16 hours, or if I come home after 12 hours, you know what I mean? But once you have kids, nah, like this is a person that needs you, you know what I mean? So like, so the, the change in routine, one started like, like becoming a father in the sense that I just wasn't even really working as much, you know what I mean? But then I wasn't working as much on, on some, like, uh, like on some guilt, like, you know, like I didn't grow up with my father in the house 
and I didn't want to, I had a fear of like being absent. You know what I mean? So like I overcompensated with in the house time. And like, I, I would, I would, I would damn near just, uh, you know, wait till we put him to sleep. And then and mind you, we've been up all day, you know, new parents and I wait and I, <laughs> and I wait till he go to sleep. And then I sneak upstairs and try to like write some verses or make a beat. But by that time I'm exhausted. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I don't even really got no juice in me. So somehow even KOD came from like some miraculous spurt that I got of like nighttime working. And like it came really quick and it wasn't even intended to like be an album. I never had plans to do that. It just came so fast in a matter of 12 days that I was like, man, I got to finish this. But um, I say all that to say at one point, maybe two years in, that's when I say in the documentary, I remember what Pharrell told me like, oh man, this man had a schedule. Like he was telling me about his schedule like, like, years ago oh shit and i saw the importance because i was like i have to i have to like block my life out and like still be fulfilling my purpose as well in order to be the best father you know what i mean best family man i gotta have my cup filled and i feel like everybody's like that you know what i mean like you gotta fill your cup so that you can like empty it in your house on your family and i feel like i had to create a schedule so that i could fill my cup with with within those hours fill my cup with my purpose you know what i mean and like what i was chasing so that happened like two years into being a father that's when i got my life schedule pretty much what it is right now get up in the morning with the kids they wake you know what i mean when you have kids they wake you up like it ain't no like <laughs> i get no like you, you get on a clock you get up when they get up uh spend the mornings with them as a family we eat breakfast um around 8 39 ish i go down to the studio this past I call it maybe uh, six months or however many months where I started like, cause I was always training, but, but uh, last year I was doing more nights. Like I was kind of going like, like 5.30 to like eight or something like that. But then I switched it recently to where it's like, I, I stopped, I start going over to the gym um, and getting like, you know, two, two and a half hours in there and then coming right back, showering, going to the studio, coming back up for the afternoon, Spending the afternoon with the kids, we do uh, we do dinner time and all of that. And a part of my routine, well, I wasn't even working nights. This is because I was in finish mode. I know I'm rambling, but because I was in finish mode, I like added nights. Like, all right, Good. I'm gonna put y'all to sleep <laughs> on the weekends, and I gotta finish. You know what I mean? So like, but, but basically, yeah, yeah, my ru yeah. my routine consists of I'm talking mm -hmm. a lot, but my ru routine consists of mornings with the kids, then a combination of basketball and music, and then more family time, and then. At, after they go to sleep, if I got energy, I come back down to to tweak the music. You know what I mean? So like, and, and to answer your question about what it did, it made me really value the time that I had, and I really had to be efficient with it. When the time, when the time is, when the time is yours, when it's just you, you can you can fuck off your time all you want. You know what I mean? Like I could be in the studio sixteen hours, but ten of them hours we could be joking, talking. You know what I mean? Yeah, this is yeah. like, yo, <laughs> yeah. you only got eight hours a day. You only got six hours a day. So it's like, you got to be more efficient with your time. So like, man, that was a long, you know, boy, I give you some long answers, bro. That was, that was a long one. But like, that's, the, that's the gist that's of exactly it. what we need. Nah, that's, right, cool. that's exactly what we need. That's exactly that's, what you're we good. need. What I wonder about putting yourself in a routine like that, did you, did you worry that that would turn it into work? Like in your mind state? I wonder that for both of y'all, because these are great passions we've always wanted to do, right? But they can definitely feel like work in the wrong setting. That never happened for you in doing that? Uh, 
you know what's crazy? My, my grandmother said this to me and a few other people said it like, man, aren't you afraid it's going to feel like work? I had never thought about it and it didn't. But when they said it, it scared me. I was like, oh, shit, no, nah, I ain't. Yeah. I ain't think about that. <laughs> but um, uh, it never feels like work, but it did happen to me one time. It was like towards the beginning of the pandemic. And um, it only felt like work because I was too much in my head in terms of the project. I was, mind you, I'm working on multiple projects. So like at a lot of times during this process, shit got cloudy, overwhelming. You know what I mean? Sometimes it's like, you like, man, what are you doing? This shit is a lot. Like, so it's a lot of, when you overthink it, it's a lot of forcing. So the only time it felt like work was during that the stretch last year when I was like, I was just coming in and like, every day just felt like a miss. Like, yo, like it was so much pressure on like making a new song or boom, 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 that when it didn't happen, it felt defeated and deflating and it started to feel like work. So I've never done this before, bro. I literally took, I told myself, yo, take a week off, take two weeks off. Like, and I ended up, and I ended up taking six weeks off. I purposely like did not work for six weeks. And that for me, if you know me, that's insane. Like if I have, if I'm not, if there's not a, if there's not a valid reason for me to not be working, like maybe I'm out on tour or even then it's like, I can't think of no reason why I wouldn't work for six weeks. And I, I just allowed myself the grace to be like, dog, dude, every day I went downstairs, we got a little theater and I would just like, I would use my, uh, my free time instead of. I would use that that time that I would usually be in the studio and I go in the theater and I just allow myself to like watch something. Yo, just I, it was this uh this cartoon I used to like when I was in college it was called Avatar, The Last Airbender. And I love this joint, but I never got to finish it. So like I started watching that every day, trying to like catch up and finish it. Um, and every day I would look at the studio and be like, is today the day you're going in there? And I'd be like, nah, it ain't time. Because if you go in there right now, you're gonna be forcing it. You know what I mean? Like you. You want to go in there when you miss it for real. You know what I mean? Like, and, and so that, that honestly took six weeks and it was the best decision I made. Cause after that, I came in that bitch with full clarity. Like, okay, all season, boom, fall off, boom. It's a boy, boom, boom, boom. I just start like chipping away. So going forward, you think you're going to take more six week breaks? Yeah. If I, if the spirit moves me to, you know what I mean? Like I just know now, cause I've been doing it so long. Mm, yeah. I knew off instinct, like, yo, you're forcing it. Like, don't force it for it. Just, just leave. You know what I mean? Just, just leave. So I will, if I need to, yeah. I'll, take a, I'll take years of a break if I need to. Yeah. yeah. Cause I feel that too. Cause I felt guilty not being on the court and shit. And then I'll take a long break and like, yo, this life is pretty cool. Just not, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, so I understand what you mean. You say that. Right. Cause that, I mean, when you first took a, when you first take that long, you know, break like that, you just, each day go by, you just, you just inching to get back. But then it's like, nah, relax. You know yeah. what I mean? This shit gonna come when it's time. So yeah, right. I feel that. I wonder that about 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 guys like you guys, cause your jobs, right? They're we struggle to call that job. They're passing. You guys have been wanting to do this since you were kids. But yeah, on the right Monday, on the right Tuesday, you might get to the gym and be like, yo, like <laughs> this ain't it. You know what I mean? And same for you, Cole, like you said. You get to the studio on the wrong day and just be like, you know, I'm forcing it. So now nah, that's interesting, and, and then strapping yourself into that routine and quite literally making it a nine to five. Uh, that's something I worry about. I mean, it's something I talk about all the time. Like I kind of got, I kind of have to work mentally on these fluid hours because if I have to sit at a desk, I might be useless to everybody. <laughs> so you, you kind of run that risk when you do that kind of stuff. Back to the album, though. Like I, la I made a joke uh, earlier. Like this, this is like if here, shit. 
was an album. Like it's multiple producers, there's guest appearances. But it made me it made me wonder because you've talked about some of your criticisms before. Like I wouldn't say you're hunkered down by them, you're bothered, but you seem to be keenly aware of like the criticisms people throw at you. Do they come in, into your process at all? Nah, hell no. Nah, I can't say they do. Um I found a nice haven and and uh safe space with my work, you know what I mean? The way it's like and maybe, you know, I, I think it comes from the fact that I've been doing it for so long. And that's something that I had to go through early on with my first album. You know what I mean? And like I learned uh, the process of making Force of the Drive was my first time learning how to uh, escape from criticism and create freely. Because when I first came in with the mixtape, it's like, it's like anybody that fucks with you only loves you. You know what I mean? You, 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 when you, when you underground and you coming up, anybody that knows about you only knows about you because they fuck with you. You know what I mean? But then you hit a certain threshold of popularity where now so many people know you that now there's new opinions. There's people that don't love you that have opinions. And I had never dealt with that. I, w- I had always been so like strong minded, quietly strong minded and strong willed. I had never dealt with like criticism you know what i mean like i had i never had to deal with that you know what i mean and like at first it was really easy to be like oh these niggas tripping but i know this shit is hard you know what i mean but like the 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 way the mind works is like you see something is you see something enough it a belief is nothing but a thought that's been thought so many times it becomes automatic like there's a there's a there's a girl out there in the world right now or a man out there in the world where they believe they have a uh a mental disorder where they believe they're overweight, no matter how, how skinny they are, that's all they can see. And of course, I don't want to like uh, belittle a psychologist's job or whatever. But in my mind, the way it works is there's a root cause of that. Maybe and I'm, I'm just going to use a, a bad example, but but something like this when they were young, maybe it was a casual way that their mother threw out like, a, a oh, my God, you eat too much. You're getting fat. The mother didn't even know maybe the seed that they were planting. But like you say it once or you say it enough times where it's like now this child who there's nothing wrong with this child at all. But that thought is like replaying in their mind. You know what I mean? I'm not saying this is the way it happens. But in my mind, this is how life works. A seed is planted from a thought that wasn't even yours. You know what I mean? The thought wasn't yours to begin with. Somebody gave it to you. But for some reason, either you heard it enough times or you thought about it so much because it affected you when you heard it you thought about it so much that that thought now becomes your thought eventually it becomes now you're on autopilot thinking this thought you believe it now you've thought it so many times and now there's conflict because your soul does not believe that you know what i mean but the ego is now trained to see oh i'm i'm overweight oh i'm overweight so i I say all that to say that was the first time in my career where i was like seeing things and at first it was real easy to be like these niggas tripping like you know what I mean? Or like it was very clear. But after time, you and back then, you know, KD, you know, Twitter was new. It was a new mm, thing. Yeah, it was fresh. It was first time you you hear you heard some you seen somebody's yeah. opinions of you so fast. You didn't know the dangers. You didn't yeah. know the dangers that yeah. that come with that. Yeah, no, I was gonna say if you if you had dropped in 01, you might just get the album review. Like the four of them that happened when you dropped. But now both of y'all, like constant, constant criticism from millions of people. Exactly. So yeah, so so basically, like in dealing with that, and 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 like and feeling the effects of that, and then having having the awareness to be like, oh shit, like 
I don't like how this feels. You know what I mean? I don't like how this is making me feel. Then I felt it creeping into some of my decision making. You know what I mean? Like when I'm in the studio and shit, songs that would never come out where it's like, oh man, I can, I can, I can notice these things. On a broad view, I notice these things affecting my decision making artistically. And I was, I was like, yo, that's absolutely not how I want to be making music, not who I want to be. So that's where I learned how to distance myself and how to get back to creating music for me. Like I got to please me. I can't, I can't try to like, like, ah, man, I'm a, I'm a do it like this because I don't want them to say boom, boom, boom. It's like, no, what you hear (laughs) from me, what you've been hearing from me since Forest Hill Drive has been purely like, whether you love it or hate it, it's been purely from, it's been purely driven by me. You know what I mean? Because I had to learn that lesson at that time. And that's, you know, that's something I, I always tell like, any athlete friend of mine, especially like basketball players and like uh, any rapper friends, like, yo, leave social media alone. I know KD don't agree because he'd be on there frying niggas. But, <laughs> but, for, <laughs> but for me, it's like you got to have a certain mentality to be able to compartmentalize that shit. And most people don't. So they like like uh, without knowing it, that shit ends up seeping in them and it affects they it affects it affects them. You know what I mean? It affects they decision-making affects their play. So, hell yeah. Oh, I, I asked because Kevin and I talked about this a bit. You, you strike us as someone who kind of only moves when you're inspired, like you mentioned with KOD. Like, that that came of a burst of inspiration. So, I I, I don't – yeah, I, I would never assume that that would fit into your process. It's interesting to know that it did at one point. Like, and you know, you had to shut that out. And I know – Kevin, for you, it's the same. Like, it's got to be a similar journey. You're in high school. Everybody around in high school is like, yo, you're going to the league. You're the nicest player ever. You get to a certain point in notoriety, it's like then you start hearing that. You start hearing that pecking at you like, okay, K doesn't do this. He needs to gain weight. Whatever all the criticisms were of you before, like, did you go through a similar process where at some point you were like, yo, are they right? Like, did you have to think that through at at any point? Yeah, I mean, you, like you said, you never get used to that much criticism you know, you I, you get held to a standard by your parents and coaches and teammates. But when it comes to people looking for your weaknesses and spotting them out and trying to, mm-hmm. you know, put them under a microscope, you know what I'm saying? It felt it felt like somebody was attacking you. So, you, I mean, but then you realize that, you know, this is a big boy business and that's just a part of it. And right. if you come out there, if I've realized if I went out there and just played the best that I can every single time I'm out there – you know, nine times out of ten, I'm gonna play well. So, if, with that mentality, I just focused on myself. Like you said, I start playing for myself, start doing things that made me feel good out on the floor and shit. And then I started, you know, all of that noise and shit. I knew it was true in my mind. You know what I mean? I knew I was secure in how I played, so I ain't worried about that other shit. So, but it's all a process, though, man. We was young coming into the game, especially when you're young coming into the game. It's like you, you, you supposed to go through that stuff, those feelings and those emotions. It's a part of the game. So, Cole, I want to talk about the album. You, Like I said, you sound aggressive and at different points. Um, you know, I, I like when you throw your weight around because you're one of the big dogs right here to me and you're a little more humbler than the other big dogs. So is that just something you felt like you needed to remind people? Like you said, talking about like, oh, a measly 100,000 records so shit like that. Like you just felt like this is the time to, to let everybody know because KOD was – you know, it was from a certain perspective. It was meant to tell a certain story. We hadn't kind of heard you get in this bag for a minute. 
So it's just you wanted to let everybody know. It's not. It's I can't really say that. It's like I I wanted to let myself know. Mm. This is the perfect analogy. Like imagine and and, and Kevin, I don't know if you can relate to this because when I see your clips from high school and I see your clips from college, I'm just like, man, this nigga is always like, <laughs> like, of course you've added things. Of course you've added things to your game, but it's always been this good and this efficient. And like, I feel like the core basis of who you are was always straight to the point. There was never a lot of extra shit, but I feel like there are some players maybe in the hit, maybe take Kobe. When Kobe first came in the league, it was like, his, he was he was competing from a crossover standpoint and handle standpoint. I felt like he wanted to compete with the Iversons. You know what I mean? He wanted to like, I think he wanted that credibility to show like, yo, I could do that shit too. And not just handles and crossovers, but also the dunks. It's like, I felt like he wanted to display his athleticism, his handle in a way that, you know, in a way that at that time we all, and we always, like Kyrie, it's like we all herald ball handling. You know what I mean? Like, culturally culturally ball handling is like bars and Duncan is like having bars you know what I mean and I feel like Kobe in the be- in the beginning was like coming for that crown you know what I mean and, and could compete in that crown and then at a certain point I feel like he realized like wait a minute like <laughs> I just could just do this shit right here like get to my spot pull up and I'm a champion you know what I mean like I actually don't have anything to prove and doing all the extra shit boom 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 I look at it I look at my like journey artistically as a rapper like the same way in the beginning in my young teenage years all the way up until my mid-20s I was heavily heavily trying to flex like from a bar standpoint like 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 that was that was my goal like that's all I wanted was was one of one of the things I wanted I wanted to flex from a bar standpoint I wanted to flex from a storytelling standpoint I wanted to flex from a relatability standpoint I could tell you the truth or speak a truth in a way that you're going to be like, damn, this nigga's talking for me. Those are the things that I love. As time went on, I looked at punchlines and, and shit like that. Honestly, I started to uh, be turned off by it, to tell you the truth. Because I had been doing it since I was a teenager. You know what I mean? I was, the, I was the 13, 14, 15, 16, 17-year-old kid that was like hopping in these ciphers and just sending everybody back to where they came from because niggas be like oh my god this nigga said such and such <laughs> so I have I have been doing it for so long that now my interest became more like the holy grail for me was the album Force Hill Drive was the holy grail for me like how can I make a complete body of work from a production standpoint from a storytelling standpoint from a post-production standpoint from a flow standpoint from a sequencing standpoint from an emotional standpoint, how can I, how can I, how can I achieve that? You know what I mean? And like, and what fell by the wayside was like my, my desire for like the, the bite, you know what I mean? To like really just destroy shit. I always kept some shit in the tuck. Like I always kept like a few verses in the tuck that I knew like at any time I could get off and it just like, but at the same time, but what happened was the more I started to gravitate towards this shit, the storytelling, the emotion, the full package, the concept, I started to uh, stop caring about and also not only stop caring about, it got less sharp. It's like if you to ask Kobe, like seven years removed from being a kid that was like crossing over and like windmill dunking, if you to ask him to do that shit in the game, it, it might it might have looked real shaky because he had did it. He, hadn't, he, he didn't have to 
need to do it in so long. You know what I mean? Like he hasn't used that in so long. So I felt like that. I felt like, yo, it was a question I had to have after Forest Hill Drive. I was like, yo, because I, I genuinely had thoughts of like just retiring after Forest Hill Drive. I was so happy and content. But I was like, yo, if you did that, are you happy with, with like everything? Did you achieve everything? Is there anything else you want to accomplish? And the first thing that came to my mind, I was like, honestly, bro, I want to bar niggas up again. <laughs> I personally, I personally missed that. I personally missed that feeling. It was like, I just remember that feeling from a kid of just knowing that I got some shit right now that's better than any one of y'all niggas from a verse standpoint, from a song standpoint, and boom, boom, boom. So, but mind you, I hadn't been doing it in a few years. So I recognized also in that moment that like, yo, if you're going to get to that level, back to that level, and even surpass that level, nigga, you got to do the work. Cause let's be honest, your pen ain't there. Like on that side, my pen was there on storytelling. My pen was there on for your eyes only. Like my pen was at that level for your eyes only. The song is like a nine minute song. I sat in the same spot for 12 hours and wrote that that song and did not get up my pen was sharp for that my pen was sharp and on some false prophets for y'all's only conceptually how can i walk you through this and show you everything and make you feel something at the end my pen was very sharp on that but if i had to be honest when it came to like like the real like sword that that we all culturally the handles i was like yo it's not there and i knew because when i would try to write those verses at the time i was like this is not, it's not even hitting me. So that's what started the process of me like working on that shit. So to answer your question, no, it wasn't about nobody else. It was about me. I wanted to be able to like, like kick back and retire one day and know that like, nigga, I, 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 I got my bounce back. I got my handles back. You know what I mean? So <laughs> that's really what it was. So it's a lot of lab work. Okay. You went through similar evolution with your game. You went through similar evolution with your game. Like where you had to adjust a little bit to not as much individual flashy things into what what then turns into winning was that your journey along those lines as well oh yeah for sure yeah you know yeah like i said that's all from playing outdoors playing outside and just adopting that street ball mentality and then going into you know the nba which is more structure you know just uh you gonna lose some stuff, is but but it's about having that balance. So I can still come down, cross, 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 shoot a three, but I still want to play out of the post and hit the guy on the back cut or shoot a one dribble pull up. You know, so it's just it's just about having that balance and, and timing and when bring to bring certain shit out. But having that toolbox and shit is the makes that makes me go out there with that more con- having more confidence because I know I can do anything that a coach would throw at me or opposing defense would throw at me. You know what I mean? So. But it's all about getting in that lab, and it felt like you've been at, you was in that lab for a while, honing them skills on and off the court. Because <laughs> I've seen you, I've seen you a few times, and I and I felt like because I would go in the studio and listen to music, and and I'm listening to music different uh, when you're in the studio, and then I go hoop, and it's just like yo, I I feel the same, you know what I'm saying? It's like I feel like when I hoop, I I'm feeling a, something deep in my soul, and when I'm listening to music, I feel that same thing. So it's just like somebody who's elite. At both, well, I feel like you're, you're an elite shooter and you work as hard as we do as NBA players. And then on the other side, <laughs> <laughs> you elite at what you do. Like, how did that how did that shit correlate? Though? How do you feel like that shit parallel those two lanes? Man, well, first of all, bro, 
you done put hella pressure on me in Rwanda because Kevin Durant said I'm elite. You elite. <laughs> yeah, we expected elite. 20. We expected 20. The standards <laughs> are high for Jermaine Cole. Oh, man. So but, don't no, let it fool thank you. Thank you, thank you. But, but <laughs> I think um, I think they they both correlate, bro, because to, to answer your question, it's like with the music, I knew it was the lab. I knew that in order to get where I needed to go, one, it was going to take a long time, and B, that I was going to have to coach myself. I was going to have to come up with the lab work. I was going to have to find new ways to stay hungry because it's very easy to be like, you know, why am I doing this shit again? I already did. Boom, boom, boom. Like, why, why am I going for it? So I got to keep reminding myself, like, this is what you said you want. And I got to hold myself accountable to that. So then I got to do the things that it takes to get me there. Same with basketball. It's like, like the, who I am now as a player versus who I was three years ago, who I am now as a shooter versus where I was two years ago. Like it's, it's night and day and, and I'm still trying to get better and I'm still trying to see like how far can I like push it. But there too, like, well, you said you wanted to do this. So you got to hold yourself accountable if you really got to do this. You got to get in and do the work. You got to put in the hours. You know what I mean? You got to put up the shots. You got to like, so it's no different. The same thing applies to both. And I feel like it's in any field of life. If I was, a, if I was an author, it would be the same thing. If I was a screenplay writer, if I was a magician, it'd be the same thing. I got to work on my sleight of hand. I got to really figure this out and put in the hours or else I'm going to be a, a, a two-bit magician where it's like, you know what I mean? So like, I, it's all, you, you hit the nail on the head. It's all about the lab work on the, on the basketball shit and the court. You know what I mean? It's the hours, bro. It's like, it's literally the hours. I, I could tell from your game that you've put in way more hours than a lot of people. You know what I mean? Like, it's just very clear. It don't happen no other way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's funny how culturally these are the same, like, muscles in our brain. Like, we, how Kevin said, you get the same joy out of, you know, out of hitting a shot, hearing a net pop as you get, you know, getting in the studio. And you might get a line off that you was like, yo, you might, you might hit a drum pattern that was like, yo, I, shit, that was, Ooh. that was the wave. And, and mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot of the same function in our brains. And I mean, that's just, you mentioned earlier, Cole, with like crossovers and shit, just culturally the way we view these things, they're in that, same place how was your team your family supportive of like you waking up mid-30s and not waking up mid-30s but you mid-30s going yo i'm about to play professional basketball and just kind of adding that to your life and your journey oh yeah these everybody know i'm crazy like like they know <laughs> they, they they know they've all seen me set ridiculous goals quietly yeah and like i might let you in on them like the when they found out about it i've already been plotting on it for years you know what yeah. i mean so like and and they know if i said it like, oh, this nigga might really fuck around and this nigga really might fuck around and do it. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's just, and of course, you know, they all supportive and like, and yeah, it's, it's just like, they know that it's like, that's, that's really the mentality. It's like, oh, this nigga really might fuck around and do it. And in my mind, it's like, I, I'm only telling you cause you're close to me. Cause if you're not close to me, I wouldn't share it with you. It's not, I don't want to, I don't want to, I got to protect my dream. You know what I mean? I got to protect my, my goal. So in order for me to let you in on this, I have to have super trust. And sometimes I can't even offer that to the people I love the most yet. You know what I mean? Because the dream is so far-fetched that I can't, I can't offer it up yet. You might handle it with care, but the fact that you might not, like I couldn't tell my own mom that I was really serious about this music shit. You know what I mean? Like I couldn't tell her because if I would have told her too early, like, when I was going, to, if she really knew why I was going to New York to St. John's, or if she really knew 
what I was planning on doing after my senior year, like she might have, and it's and it's not because she's a bad person. It's because she might have just said something so small and so slight, like, "Oh, are you sure you want to do that?" But boom, 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 it might have just been the smallest thing to to plant a seed, you know what I mean? In my mind, that then grows over time and just starts growing doubt. So it's like with a dream, like like the music or with the basketball, it's like I just got to keep that shit closely guarded, and and then. When I feel comfortable enough, even with the ones I love, then it's like I let it out. And then, and then you know what I mean? And, and 10 times out of 10, the person I let it out to, when it's time to let it out, is, is they water it. They water that seed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, they recognize how crazy it is. You know what I mean? But it's like, <laughs> fuck it. Like, all right. How long ago, you say this has been the, the idea for some time, like how long ago are we talking? Are we talking like all the way back, like 12 years old, like I'm going to play pro ball? When did it rekindle for you? Well, it's two answers. One, of course, when I was a kid, I wanted yeah, to play yeah. <laughs> in the NBA, not just professional. I wanted to be in the NBA, like, but I was I was uh, delusional. I didn't have any reason <laughs> to think that I would be in the NBA, like, but I definitely thought that I was good enough. You know what I mean? Looking back, it was like I was going to rec league games and like, I was the best player on my rec league team, but I was getting like eight points. I wasn't even, I wasn't even killing. You know, my team will lose. I'm like, man, we sorry. The team is sorry. Like, no, nigga, you're sorry. Like, I was, I was, I was that delusional kid. Whereas I didn't have like a male figure around to kind of smack sense into me and show me like, oh, you think you're nice? Let me show you this AAU team of middle schoolers that's really nice. You know what I mean? Like. I, it's almost like I had blinders on. Even when I see kids that are like really good, it's like it's almost like nothing clicked in my mind. Like you don't see that niggas way better than you. So I kept that, <laughs> I, I kept that, I kept that delusion going. And this is it's real because yo, so many kids is like this. Like like at least like where we come from, so many kids mm-hmm. hold on to this delusional dream for so long when nothing around them shows them that they're on that path. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like. Like Kevin, you was on the path. Yeah, yeah. You know what I, I mean? What like, you mean. like you was on the path. There was a reason for you to think that you were going there. Me and and a lot of my friends, whether it be basketball or football, there's no reason. Like, nigga, we play high school basketball. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is the end of the road for us. So, so so yes, there was a delusional dream as a kid. Then when I hit like 17, I was like, oh wait, 18, I was like, <laughs> like, this is not, you know what I mean? Like, this is not gonna happen. He for wasn't you. giving him 50 in high school. <laughs> Damn, no, sir. Like, like, no, not at all. Like, not at all. Like, it was not that guy, not even close. But, but, um, so basically, it's a story that I wrote in this, that Players Tribune piece, but it's a big part of my life is, is my sophomore year of college, I had a chance to walk on at St. John's. A lot of people like when they, when they write stories or something, they'll be like, oh, he walked on at St. John's. He played one. No, I did not walk on at St. John's. I had a chance. There was tryouts. I missed tryouts my freshman year because I was so brand new to New York. I just got lost in the sauce. And there was a few guys that made it from my freshman class where I was like, oh, shit. Like, I fuck with him. But if he made it, I damn sure should have made it. Like, (laughs) if I would have went out, I would have made the team, like, in my mind. Um, And I was, at this time, I was, like, blossoming. I hit, like, I was, like, a late bloomer. So I was blossoming, like, as a player, but it was kind of too late in my mind. So I go out my sophomore year, like, yo, I'm I'm not going to miss the boat again. And there was, like, maybe 60 kids at the tryouts. and. I was like, I was balling. Like, I, I just, you know, I just felt like, yo, I'm, I'm way better than I was in high school. I'm way more confident. I was like, I had a high motor. I was like athletic. I was long, you know what I mean? Six, three long for it to be six, three. And, uh, and I was just like playing great. 
And they called 10 guys back the next day for like the second round of trials. And I knew in my mind, I'm like, yo, if I go, I was one of the guys they called back. And I was like, yo, if I go tomorrow to this tryout, I'm going to make this team. Like, and the reality of that possibility hit me. And it was like two, two reasons. One, I saw these same dudes I'm talking about that made the team freshman year as walk-ons. I saw what their life was like in, in college. I was like, these niggas was up at like 4 or 5 a.m. Like, like they, they, they couldn't hang out and like live life like I was living life because they always had a practice, a film session, a team lunch, a team breakfast, a boom, boom. I'm like, I, I noticed that. But then I was like, yo, you came up here to do what? You came up here for music, to be close to the music industry and like, and to find your way into this game. If you go walk onto this team, you know yourself. It's going to reignite the basketball dream. Like, it's going to make you be like, yo, because I know the type of person I am. If I would have made that team my sophomore year, of course, I would have walked on. I would have got no burn my sophomore year. Maybe got no burn my junior year. But I know myself. I would have worked my ass off to the point where when I, by the time I was a senior, I seen it all laid out. I was like, you're going you're gonna to get some clock by your senior year. Then you're going to be one of these, like, niggas that just go overseas to some, like, small league and try to work your way up to the I saw my whole life in front of my face being like being like this like <laughs> yeah. underdog this underdog nigga trying to climb his way like with this dream and I was like yo you can't do both you know what I mean like you came up here for music so you ain't pulled back up to the workout I woke up the next morning I called a few people like I called like some coaches some friends and the next morning I set my alarm I remember this alarm for 6 a.m I set my alarm my alarm went off I looked at the alarm clock and I hit that bitch like I hit off and I went back to sleep. I didn't go. That's crazy. You was 60, 60 to start and you made the last 10. Because if I would have made it, I, it, it's the same reason why I didn't apply to uh, Carolina. I didn't I didn't apply to UNC. My whole life I wanted to go to UNC, right? Like I was just a big ass Tar Heel fan. I always wanted to play for Dean Smith and shit. Like, but I was, uh, and, mm, and, yeah, yeah. and I didn't even apply to Carolina. Now mind you, like I might've got a full ride because my grades was real good in high school. Like I was, I was, you know, it's like, I'm a, I'm a Carolina kid. Like, like I might've fucked around and got at least a big scholarship there. And I didn't even apply because I knew had I got accepted, especially if they'd have gave me some money to go, the, the, the choice would have been too hard. I would have, I would have went to Carolina and I wouldn't have did what I was supposed to do and go up to New York. Same thing. If I'd have went to that next day of trials and I would have actually made the team like I thought I would, I wouldn't have been able to say no. Like I would have, I would have went that route. You know what I mean? I would have went and chased. Mm. Who was the nigga? You, y'all remember like uh, it was Javario Moon or something. J- J- yeah, uh, J- Jamario J- Moon. J- yeah, Jamario, Jamario Moon. Moon. I always remember his story, like around that time, because I was like, I always fuck with his story, because he was like a, a a dude that like clawed his way from like a Canada League and then like a Europe League, and like I remember him being in the in the league, and I always I yeah. thought about him. I'm like, yo. Like, of course, not that I was as good or nothing, but I could see myself fighting that same fight. And I was like, if I get, if I make this team, I'm not going to be able to be like, I ain't showing up. I'm showing up. You know what I mean? So, so yeah, I don't know how to, how we even got, oh, so you asked me about the dream. I love the tangents, by the way. This is 16, <laughs> 17 years ago, right? This I is, fucking oh my, love yeah, them. That was, that was, uh, that was 16 years 04, ago. 04, 05? So listen, yeah, th- yeah, this was 04, 05. So listen, fast forward now to 2009. When I signed my deal, I'm 24. I hoop all the time. I just hoop 
at least four times a week. Like me and my friends, I'm always looking for some pickup. Like I was just, that was a big ass part of my life. Just as you know, it was music and then it was basketball. I'm hooping on some regular shit all the time. I signed my deal. And I'll talk about this in the letter too, but it's real. I signed my deal to answer your question. Cause you're like, when did this dream start? When I signed my deal, I quietly told myself, yo, you're only 24. If you could blow up in three years, <laughs> if you could blow up in three years, you still got time to train and 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 try to and try to do this. Like try to like you're not good enough. But if you if you blow up in enough time and put in the work, then you might be able to do this. So I was already doing the math at that point, you know what I mean, at at, at 24. So so you know, it it just so and it just never goes away, you know what I mean? Cause I just love it that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm just a ridiculous, like a ridiculous uh dreamer. That's it, bro. Like that's just that's just what fuels me. It's like setting a ridiculous goal. And that was, you know, that's how it, that's hilarious because I, you know how it works for us, right? The deal, the record deal is like the same as David Stern, Adam Silver calling your name. Like mm-hmm. that's the initial goal. Like mm-hmm. that's the a million and one shit. And you gotta deal with hove. Mm-hmm. And then you get that deal and go, Man, I could still fuck around and who that's hilarious. <laughs> that's so that's so nutty to me. That's like that's like some level of thinking. Like, yeah, I, I still got some years left. I'm getting that gym still shit. It's ridiculous. Still... It's, it's ridiculous, bro. <laughs> that's man, hilarious. Just, my life is like that. Like it's like ridiculous dreams to the point of delusion until I fuck around and do it. You know what I mean? Like the music shit was like that. It was like just a ridiculous. So, you know, I didn't I didn't blow up in time. It took me way longer than that. You know what I mean? So like here I am now in my mid thirties in Rwanda. You know what I mean? Like but, but, but for me that's cool. It all like, worked out. Yeah, perfect for time. Me, for me it's perfect, man. It, it feels it feels amazing just to even like if it, it, I just had to laugh the other day. Like I just had to laugh, bro. Like at where I, where I am right now, you know what I mean? It's just crazy. Bro, we're scheduling this in like the conversation is basically like, all right, Kevin has practice at this time. And then we get a response that's like, all right, well, Cole has practice at this time. And I'm <laughs> I like, love that shit. what the fuck? Because <laughs> I have practice today and I want to ask you about your motherfucking practice too. So yeah, let's I know talk about that practice, shit man. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about practice. That's incredible. Man. Yeah, man. So, shit. Like, how many games you playing out there, though? So, so um, initially, the way I understand it, they were this is this is a league with a, with seasons. You know what I mean? It's supposed to be a season, but because of COVID, they turned this first season into a tournament. So uh, it's like three groups, maybe four groups. I think it's three groups, maybe four groups. And um, every group gets three games. And then if you uh, you know, depending on how you place in your group, you get to advance to the like the playoff uh, part of the tournament. And and uh, if you win a chip, you you would have played six games. You know what I mean? But you everybody's mm, at least gonna play three to six. Yeah, okay. everybody's at least gonna play three games, but if you win the chip, you'll 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 play six. Is uh Brandon Costner still nice? <sighs> Brandon is um yeah, Brandon is he, different. He bro. was nice. He was uh uh he was a year ahead of me in high school and you know we followed him rankings all the time. So I used to run into him at all wow. these tournaments. And uh lefty too. He was he was he was nice. He's about he's about six eight four man. Yes. So I remember him back yes, in the day. Bro. So was, I, I wonder if he's still nice. Yeah, that's that's amazing, man. That that I was wondering too, like if if you you know, because one thing I learned about y'all is like, because you know, I'm I'm now I'm really around niggas like Brandon, real deal niggas like you that live this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, because I was off living the rap shit. These niggas live this, so they'll be like, 
man, you remember uh, Tony Spaghetti from 2000? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nigga with the boom, boom. And, like, niggas yep. know all, y'all know all the boom, boom. So to hear you say that about Brandon is fire. Like, to tell you about Brandon, like, because I was, I was playing at NC State a lot, like, like at three, four years ago. Um, and that's when I first started, like, getting around these pro dudes, these dudes that would be back from overseas. And mind you, these are dudes that, like, that's how I know, like, the league is, like, it's so much situational. Because you're looking at these guys and you're like, yo, this is league talent. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's like however the cars may, may fall, this, that, and the third. So Brandon is a guy that, like, he started – I started seeing him, like, a year later. I guess he had been out in, like, I don't know if he was in China or some shit, like, playing. But he was back. And this nigga comes in the gym. This nigga was shooting from half court. I had just never seen this shit. Lefty, shoot from half court, splashing. I'm talking about, like, him and TJ Warren going at it. And both of these niggas shoot from half court. But I know TJ is like that. But I'm seeing Brandon for the first time. Lefty shoot from deep. And he's a big. And I'm just like, bro, what the fuck is going on? So he's he's absolutely still like that. And, you know, it's, it's cool to be able to be out here with him. That's good to see. Yeah, man. How serious was your training like regiment? I ask as like a, a fellow mid thirties father who, if I go run too hard, <laughs> I'm a fillet. <laughs> you're about to play like real pro games, you know what I mean? And you, you you've been doing it for some time, training on it. Like, how serious is your training, and when did it ramp up to actually get to this point? I think there was a there was levels. There was a level that's like barely worth talking about, but it was like after Forest Hills Drive. It was me being 30, 30 at that time, being in a gym, now remembering what I told myself I would do if I ever blew up and seeing like, yo, if you ever wanted to do anything in basketball, like your, your jump shot is like, first of all, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, it's like, you know, it's, it's pickup good. You know what I mean? Like it's lifetime fitness good. This is not a professional jump shot. And then two, your handle ain't like that. So it was just an assessment of my game and then trying to do it on my own but also understanding like you can't really do this on your own. So then fast forward now to maybe two years ago and some change. I'm in New York. Um, and I had a, Oh, this is what did it too. I had a real bad ankle injury at a lifetime fitness. I'm, I'm playing pickup in lifetime. And this dude like uh, landed while well, I landed on his foot, he stuck his foot underneath my shit and I sprained my ankle. Now I had been spraining my ankle all the time, like coming up, but this one lasted literally my shit was hurting for a year and change. So, so, for, so I couldn't play ball for like a year and change. And that shit really scared me. Cause I'm like, damn, like you just wasted a good year of your life, not being able to play. So I went to Germany, nigga. I got the Kobe treatment. Same shot that Kobe got. I got that shit in my, um, in my ankle. I swear, PRP bro. PRP joint. Same doctor. Yeah. Yeah, it's like PRP, but it's not, it's like, it's like, it's not stem cell either, but they take your blood out. They spin it, get the plasma mm. and then yeah. inject it back. And bro, cause, uh, uh, Jay Brown actually from Rock Nation, like first, he's the one that like suggested it to me, and uh, I went and got that shit. That shit worked like a miracle, and now I'm like, yo, that shit made me appreciate how much the, the clock. Because after Forest Hill Drive, I was tinkering, but because I lost that year and change, I'm like, nigga, now you're really on the clock. Now you're really 33. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> it was already ridiculous <laughs> if you were 27. <laughs> now you're 33, and this shit is real ridiculous. So what are you gonna do? Are you gonna are you gonna sit back and be like, yo, it's ridiculous. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna quit. Are you gonna start right now? So basically, I um 
I, I hit Dennis Smith Jr. I, I was like, yo, uh, is, you know anybody that can like help me get my, my ankle back? Like I hadn't been working in a year and a half. Anybody can help me get my legs back strong, like rehab my ankle. And he hooked me up with my man Anthony from the Knicks. And, you know, during the offseason, he would come down um, from, from Westchester and he would like help me get my ankle back strong and my legs back strong. And then I was asking him for a gym because I was like, yo, I'm ready to touch a ball. I ain't, I ain't played ball in a year and change. You know any gyms in the city? And he was like, yo, the, the only – he was like, I know Chris Brickley. You know what I mean? Like, Brickley got a gym. And at that time, I didn't know Chris. I had seen some shit on IG, but I was like, you know, I'm anti-IG. Like, mm. like nigga got too many pictures up. I'm, I'm automatically like, ah, I don't want to be <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, ah. And he was like, nah. He was like, Chris is cool. He's good people's boom, boom. I'm like, all right, cool. So he set me up with Chris. And so I went in with Chris, and I think Chris was looking at like, okay, like, rapper coming through, cool. Like, but being Chris – after a few days of like me coming in, like he kind of opened up to me, you know what I mean? And I felt his energy. I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. like, well, shit. I, it was one of those moments where I kind of just jumped off a, off a cliff and like even went against what I would normally do. And I told him what I was trying to do. Like, I just told him my dream. And I'm yeah. like, bro, to tell you the truth, like, this is why I'm coming in here. This is why I'm trying to change my shot every day. This is why I'm coming. I'm not coming in here to just, you know, work. I don't know. This is my goal. And I swear to God, like, the reason why I fuck with this dude forever is because he, he, remember I told you, like, handing somebody your dream and they could, like, say, and no, he watered my shit. He watered my shit. As, as ridiculous as that shit might have sounded to anybody else, he watered my shit. Like, like, yo, like, I believe. You know what I mean? Like, fuck it. Like, why not? We can boom, 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 boom. And every day I came into Brickley Gym and, and started re, re, uh, structuring my jump shot. You know what I mean? And, and he was extremely helpful. He would, they would videotape my shit. I would tell him like, yo, I don't like this about my feet. I don't like that. Boom, boom. He's like, yo, make sure you keep this. Boom, boom. And it was literally like weeks, months spent going in there and like restructuring my shit. And then towards the end of that summer is when he does the, uh, the black ops runs, you know what I mean? And, and I was just coming to watch, you know what I mean? And like, I hadn't even played pickup in over a year and a half. You know what I mean? I was just in there working on my shot. And then that's when he hit me one day. He was like, yo, you know, we might have a spot. Do you want to run? I was like, nigga, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> bro, I was freaking out. You know what I mean? But like, so so I, I feel like that was the true phase one is was restructuring my shot on a real on a real level. And then um, and then after that, going back to Carolina, and then I hit a real regimen of like, of like, no, I'm really doing like the 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 skill development and the and the drills and and I don't really know how to say. I was you would have to ask like the people I work with, but they would tell you like it's a high level workout. You know what I mean? It's all pro pro guys that I'm like working with, and like we created like a little. These dudes bless me. Like we created like a little like damn near like mini camp with like a bunch of pro guys around me, some overseas guys, some guys that were like 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 between teams. You know what I mean? Shout out to Gary Clark, Jerome Robinson, um, and, and James Mays from Clemson. Like these are dudes that yeah, like that's some nice that's a nice group of dudes right there. Yes, Brandon was one of them, and it's like these dudes just like once again they knew my dream. I they I trusted them with my dream, and these niggas watered my shit. You know what I mean? And like it was it was beautiful, bro. So like every day with them to answer your questions, every day really with like with that caliber of, uh, of guys like pushing and teaching, and um you know I'm, I'm not. I don't want to raise the expectations for myself because, bro, I'm so I'm still this is still new, you know what I mean? But like, 
working with those guys, it like I changed. I, I like something clicked. The shit slowed down, and I and it felt possible for the first time. Like, oh wait, I understand this. I saw the game from a level that I didn't see it as a lifetime fitness nigga. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I watched the and I and I watched the game differently now. I thought I was watching basketball before. You know what I mean? Like, I wasn't. You know what I mean? That's like, the key. That's, that's the, the key. key. When you learn how to watch the game, your whole thought process change. Yes, that's, bro. that's the key. So you so what about the defensive side of the basketball though? Because that's the biggest adjustment. Learning terminology, knowing when to help, knowing how to guard. But being in a real team practice, I know you've been learning that shit. Yeah. I like have confidence in like my defense and my defensive principles, but like you're saying, on a pro level, ice, like that's something that like Yeah. Like that's something that's like, I don't know if that's clicked yet for me. I understand it on paper. But the reps, I don't have the reps of ice to just, I understand it. And now when I see it, I notice it. Yeah, ice when you push that pick and roll down to the sideline, yes. on the sideline, you push it to the sideline. It's yes. a hard play to make if you're not communicating with the big or if the other guys don't know that you're in ice. So it's, it is tough, especially somebody who's never really been in that situation Bro. before. And then, and, then, and then even today, so there's like, I, so we scrimmage today, we scrimmage the uh, Angolan team and like, I, you know, I feel like I played great defense, but there was a moment when I was supposed to tag the big. I was supposed to bump him, mm -hmm. and I didn't. And, and you know, he put my teammate in the rim, and I just knew. <laughs> I knew <laughs> in that moment, like, damn, I, 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 it was me. You know what I mean? And I, I don't have yeah. – I don't on that aspect, I just don't have the reps on that. In some reads, I ain't going to lie, like, some decisions I surprised myself. Like damn, you 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 recovered really quickly, or you like you you tagged this man and like boom, like some mm -hmm. things just kind of like are happening naturally or just from the training camp, but there's still some things where it's like I don't have the reps yet to like all the way comprehend it. You know what I mean? But with more reps, I believe in my ability to like master that side. You know what I mean? For sure, it's gonna come. It's gonna come a time when you're just seeing sets over and over again. When it's just like, all right, I know exactly what they're doing on this play here. I know when to tag, how fast to tag who to leave, then personnel come into play, like who can shoot, who can't. Like, it's, I mean, that's why I love the hoop, bro. There's just so much strategy involved, and I'm sure you're seeing that now with being a part of a team. Okay, so you have a three-game season. It could potentially be six games. Is there more for you after this with this journey? Like, are you going to look for another league to play in? Like, what happens now? I, I'm not sure. I think I think this experience will, like, tell me a lot about how I feel. You know what I mean? Like, just to have this is is – a blessing and it's amazing and I feel like I'm giving myself permission to to analyze how I feel after this you know what I mean like like and 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 see like is this something that you want to like continue to be ridiculous about you know what I mean and like try to set a ridiculous bar and then try to go do the next one or are you are you satisfied with this you know what I mean like but I ain't gonna lie you know this is I had to quarantine and then this is day three of what I'm about to tell you. The first day was a team practice. Yesterday was a scrimmage against, I think, the uh, Algerian team. And today was the scrimmage against the Angolan team. And just the way I felt today, it was a high. You know what I mean? Like, it was a high. Like, so it depends on, do I leave this? I think it depends on, do I leave this tournament, like, on a strong enough high to be like, all right, 
You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Watch, you ball it. out, you ball out, you signing another deal the next week, guaranteed, <laughs> man. It's going to be hard to run away, bro. I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, you're you already in it now. You get that nice game, you going to that shit on TV nice and shit. You start Nigga, getting blown hey, up. I had, I had seven tonight. Three for four, and I felt like I had thirty. <laughs> like, that's, hey. like, like, like that's how high my high was. It was just like because, because my, the first practice I had, I was nervous as fuck. Like, mm. I was so nervous. I was like, "How's this gonna work?" Like, nigga, they're playing your game on ESPN on Sunday. Like, I, I mean, the ball didn't even feel real. Like, there was no <laughs> connection between you know when you just in your head and like the nerves. The ball didn't feel right, so. Day one, the team practice, I was so nervous. It was like, because it just felt like, nigga, what are you doing here? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and so I just had to come and like mentally like think about it and like, yo, tomorrow can be a better day. Just explore why are the nerves there? Why do you have nerves? Because ultimately, you won't want to make a fool of yourself. You know what I mean? Ultimately, you're scared of, that's it, fear. You fear you're scared of going out there and making a fool out of yourself. You know what I mean? And, and like, I had to address that fear. You know what I mean? And like, and so I'm like, yo, you were just the fear. Maybe it's not all the way gone, but at least you know the root of the nerves. Let's see what tomorrow's like. Maybe tomorrow the nerves will be gone. And sure enough, yesterday on our first scrimmage, I had no nerves. I, I, I played the whole game with no nerves. However, I played with no aggression. So I had <laughs> no nerves. I was comfortable, but I didn't play in an in a, in a aggressive way where it felt like I was contributing. It was more like, yo, don't fuck up. You know what I mean? Like, and today was the, the first day where not only did I not have nerves, but I felt confidence. I felt capable. I felt like I felt uh, I felt like I could contribute. You know what I mean? So like, I'm hoping that it's, it's, it continues to progress. You know what I mean? But but you know, just that high of seven points, nigga. I'm like, you hit a three. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hit a three. Yeah, I hit a three. Yeah, right. uh, was it a three. switch? Yeah, that was cash. Uh, <laughs> Swish is matter, man. That little shit matters, man. You rim him in. I don't like that rim in shit, man. It's got to be switches. Yeah, I remember <laughs> you in LA. I still think about you in LA. Remember uh, when, when I see you in LA at uh, UCLA and you yeah, were like shooting yeah. up? You were like yeah. shooting up. I still remember. I walked that. in the gym. He was in there working out. I'm like, damn, bro, you really locked in. It was just, <laughs> was it Brickley in there with you? Yeah, but Brickley was there. I went on my own. I walked in and Brickley just happened to be there working somebody else out. So that shit was crazy in itself. Like it was nobody in the gym. I'm like, oh yeah, ain't nobody even in the building today. I'm good. I walk in there, I see, I see Cole in there knocking them down. I said, all yeah. right, all right, yeah, I see man. who we going to shit. Shout like out, it. shout out. Uh, let me shout out Omar too because I, I talked about Brandon. I talked about James Mays. Um, I talked about Gary. I talked about Jerome. But I got to talk about my man Omar, who who um, he's T.J. Warren's guy. Omar played pro overseas in, in, in Europe. And, you know, he's, he, he had to work really hard for everything he had, you know what I mean? But now he's like T.J. Warren's guy. And um, and he he's when you talk about, like, what my regimen has been, like, he's been a a, a major part of that, too. So I got to shout out Omar, too, while we on here. Shout out Omar and T.J., man. T.J., one of my favorite players. That's my bro. Amazing, bro. I'm glad to hear that. Well, look, I want to get back to the album a little bit. The, the, the Hoops journey is a- fascinating and i can't wait to see it we, thanks for nerding out with me on the hoop shit yeah, yeah, yeah bro. yo you learning the intricacies of that shit is is is, is amazing uh, i to can't me. wait to hear what's next man yeah that's amazing to me uh going back to the album though like i mentioned earlier you're more competitive and 
I, I see you as the one of the top dogs. And me and Kevin were joking earlier, like we're kind of completing the holy trinity here. We talked to 40 earlier in our season. We talked to Ali from from TDE. And now we have you. Uh, I wonder about both of y'all, like K with the big dogs with you, with Brian, with whoever you feel is on that level as well. Like, do y'all look – they're competitors, but you guys got to also relate to each other in, in a way, in a lot of ways, right? Nobody else can relate to being cold but maybe a Drake and, and a Kendrick Lamar. Uh, what is the relationship like there for you guys? And it seems like everybody's coming outside this year. Music is back. Uh, you know, people always asking about where's the Kendrick album – the, the, the collab joint, and then we see you kicking it with Drake. You got him on stage saying, yo, he's one of the best ever. What's the situation like for both of y'all? These are your direct competition, but they're also like probably the only guys on your level. Yeah, I mean, I would assume it's just like basketball in the sense where it's like, man, you you these are the guys that push you, and, and you got to push them. You know what I mean? Where it's like, but what, I, what I've been trying to do in the past uh, few years is like, because I think I was so competitive. I don't know how they would feel. You have to talk to them. But I know for myself, <clears throat> I was so competitive early on that, like, even though we were all friends, I would say we were all friends and friendly. Like, I wasn't uh, – I've never been a reach out. You know what I mean? Like, i never been a – I've never been that person. You know what I mean? Especially when there's c- competition involved. Because it's like, nigga, I'm over here doing what I do. You know what I mean? It's almost like working out together. Like, I guess in, in the NBA in the past, it was like, that was unheard of. You know what I mean? Like, why would I work out with this nigga? Like, I'm trying to destroy this nigga. You know what I mean? Like, and that was kind of my mentality. That was kind of my mentality early on. It's like, but but as I gotten older, I realized that like, yo, actually, it's, it's what you said. No one is truly my peer or can relate to what I'm going through in life more than these people right here. You know what I mean? Because just in terms of whatever pressures there might be, whatever amount of like celebrity, which is, you know, a whole conversation in itself. There might be family, you know, privacy, boom, boom, boom. Like nobody can really relate to that. Like these dudes. And I really genuinely fuck with these dudes. So like, I've been trying to, you know, absolutely make an effort. Like as time goes on to like strip the competition from it. Like y'all niggas are cemented forever. You know what I mean? Like I will hope that I'm cemented forever. And if not, I will be, you know, when it's all said and done, you know, in my mind, it's how my mentality is. So it's like, there's like the competition part I've stripped away and I'm now on some shit like, man, I'm more interested in the relationship because I also see a time when I'm not doing this. That seems very realistic to me. And in a time when I'm not doing this, I, I, I would, you know, I don't want to be like, damn, I never fucked. I, we never kicked it. You know what I mean? Like we never really even did nothing. So like, I, I'm, I'm at that point where it's like, I'm more interested in the genuine relationship than before I was interested in the competition. Before I was just interested in like putting pressure or responding to pressure. You know what I mean? Now it's like, now it's just like, this is what I'm doing. I know your pressure going to be a whole level of pressure. I know your pressure going to be a whole level of pressure. Uh, You know what I mean? And, And that's it. You know what I mean? Like, like everybody, it's just less competition in my in my mind, you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. niggas is old, bro. <laughs> 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 like, bro this, uh, it's too stressful yeah. to be competing all the time, man. Yeah, like, man. Dude. Is it a respect thing? Like you've gotten to the point where you respect what everybody's doing so much. It's like you know enough of that. Let's let's just kind of celebrate what we're doing. Uh, it was always respecting because 
even even at its most competitive, is you're not going to be competitive with somebody you don't respect. Mm. You know what I mean? You're not going to be mm-hmm. extremely competitive with somebody you don't respect. So it's always respecting. I think now it's just more of a like, oh, a wisdom thing where it's like, yo, you can never have it all. Nope. 100% of the people are never going to say Kevin Durant is the best player walking the face of the earth. Yep. 100% of people are never going to say J. Cole is the best rapper breathing. You mm. won't get 90%. You you won't get 90% to say Drake. You won't get 90% to say Kendrick. It's just never going to happen. You know what I mean? And like, but as a child, and I say child, meaning like in your 20s, you think that's attainable. You want all of that. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want no doubt. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. now I understand that. Look, I approach my bars from that perspective. I approach my work ethic from that perspective. But the reality of me knows that's unattainable. It's cool to... It's cool to push yourself towards that. But Michael Jordan will never be universally hailed as the greatest player of all time. And that's insane. You know what I mean? Like, and LeBron James will never be universally hailed as the greatest player of all time. And that's insane viewed from another lens. You know what I mean? So it's like, you'll never have it. You know what I mean? Like, so it comes with age to realize that like, yo, what are you even like worried about? You know what I mean? Because you just set yourself up for suffering. Oh man, they think this nigga harder than me. Oh, shit. Yes. <laughs> that shit is stressful, bro. You feel like you're in a similar spot, Kev? Uh, yeah, for sure. Because you actually compete with them dudes. Like you'll actually you'll fuck around and run into them on Saturday and have to score twenty. You know what I mean? Just have to score thirty to win. So it's a little bit different, but like on a personal level. Yeah, it's a little different. I mean, you come into the game wanting that, wanting that respect from everybody, and in our sport how you get that respect is just to come with that aggression, you know? So I was just naturally defensive the second I, I stepped up each level, high school to college, college to the pros. I was just like, everybody out here to get me, you know what I'm saying? Everybody out here to stake their claim as the best. So it's on me to, you know, I gotta, I gotta be super radical out here. So after a while, I was like, you know, I've been in the league. I, <clears throat> these guys are actually cool to be around. Being the Team USA, being around these guys for a month, you see the core of who they are. I mean, I see LeBron James the second he wake up and come downstairs to the breakfast meeting. I see Kobe mm-hmm. Bryant, you know, after you know after dinner with his family. So you see these dudes and you're like, oh, shit, they are humans as well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because we looked at as these mythical figures because of our athletic ability. So once I started, it was just a mentality switch in my mind. It was more so like, all right, these these dudes are cool. We all it's the game that we're competing at, and it's me versus the game, not me versus this other person. I'm trying to be the best me I can be, most efficient player I can be. So there's no need for me to be battling with these guys. And co- competition on the court comes naturally to us, so there's no need for the extras. You know what I'm saying? So that that, that helps. No, I think it's I think it's dope to hear from both of y'all, and I, I would imagine it'd be similar sentiments in the other directions as well because. You know, like we said, who who can relate better to what Cole is dealing with with an arena tour and, and you know, all of these obligations and all this shit other than the other guys who do that, other than Drake, other than mm-hmm. Kendrick, who mm-hmm. who also who also value, like, the artistry and who also – they want to be the best rapper alive, just like you do. Exactly. You know they they exactly. feel like they are. And because right? of that, you understand what they – like, I understand right now exactly where Drake is. Even without talking to him, I know exactly where he's at. I know exactly where Kendrick is at in my mind because I I know if I was you, I would be feeling like boom, 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 boom. The rec- average person don't know that because they ain't sat in them in that seat. You know what I mean? So it's like, I don't even got to talk to you 
but just as somebody that loves you, cares about you, like respects you, it's like, it's similarly, I'm sure KD can imagine the weight that LeBron carried. You know what yep. I mean? Like, like you, you, you know the weight that he carried. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because, because you have sat in the seat and he knows what you're going through. And everybody knows only one nigga can win that chip this year. And, and the <laughs> nigga that wins it, we all know the sigh of relief that he's going to feel. And then we all know the burden that the other nigga is going to feel. Because, because I, can, I, I know you. Who knows you better than the person that has to walk the path that you walk? And when you look at it through there, just like you said, from a human level, it becomes compassion. It's like, I don't even want you to fail. When, see, yeah. when I was younger, <laughs> like, like when I was younger, maybe I want you to brick so, so that it can, so that, so that now, oh, now I can appear to yeah. be better. If you, you, you yeah. miss and I made it. Oh, I made it. Now I'm like, no, I want you to come with your best. I want you to come with your best. And I want to come with my best. And, and may the best man win. And as long as I came with my best, I'm cool with the results. You know what I mean? Like, it's mm, all good. Fact. So it's like when before it might have been like, ah, man. Hope this nigga lose. <laughs> like, like, you know, like, 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 That's a fact. I want to see these niggas win, like on a on the highest level, like, and because then what's that gonna do to me? That's just gonna make me greater. It's gonna mm-hmm. pump more gas into me, and maybe have me like, damn, am I really done with this shit, or do I want to level up again? You know what I mean? A so, fact. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the difference with from when we were younger to now. Mm-hmm. I, I look at it like a we never hear about two quarterbacks beefing. There's only thirty quarterbacks. Then they know what that shit is. They know how stressful that shit is. They know the whole, the whole, the whole weight of that. So I always look at it the same. In y'all fields, it's it's less, but it's so similar to me. So it's just, it's just, yeah. It's like I ha- I had to know. I had to know where they sit with that. And um, so like going forward, we I love this album. I think you came more aggressive. I think you're rapping better. You you said it yourself though. Like it was your focus to get to that point. I, I feel like this is the best mix. Since Forest Hills, since I, I love Born Center, so I feel like it might be the best mix of that kind of bars, that relatable shit. You said you focus. I was happy you said you focus on that because you're really great at like, like one sentence, and it might be something really simple, but it's like fuck, I didn't. Yeah, that's that's true. Like you had the sit, you have the uh, the verse in there. You're talking about like I wasn't tough. I was just kind of like afraid of getting hit, so I had to put up the facade. Like you're explaining. All of us at 14, like, having to fight people because what the fuck choice do we got? But you said it's so simple and so it resonates that I'm I'm geeked to hear that you you focus on that. So you're reaching, like, another level of what you do. What's next? I know you you said maybe you're not doing this too long. When you post on IG, there's it seems to be like a you're setting up an exit route. Do you, do you see the, end of the, the light at the end of the tunnel? Or is it like this will never stop for you, just this phase? Nah, nah, I absolutely uh, look forward to the day when, when it stops because I'm so obsessive over it. You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. I'm so, when I set a goal, I give it so much, you know what I mean? And it's exhausting because I also have other things I want to do in my life. You know what I mean? And it's like, those things never have a chance. Like, these are things that I have to go be bad at and become good at. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, mm-hmm. I, and I just don't, I would never have the time if I, if I did music on a J. Cole career level, if I if I if I chased that career or kept feeding that career for for the next five, 10 years, I just would never have time to do all this other shit that I want to do. So it's like, so I'm not setting up necessarily an exit path. I'm 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 setting up a uh what's the word? A peace path. 
to where if I if I did feel like being done, I'm at peace with it. You know what I mean? Like maybe maybe I don't. You know what I mean? But if I did, I know that yo, I check all of these personal boxes for myself, and now I give myself permission. You know what I mean? To like just just go do some other shit. You know what I mean? So like in terms of what's next for me, it's like music wise, I still have a couple things I want to finish. And I think I'll always be, even if I was to be like, oh, I'm not going to do this shit for a while or, or whatever. I think I'll always be involved from a production standpoint. I love coaching. I look at production like coaching, not like when I say making beats, I don't necessarily, I don't, when I say production, I don't necessarily mean like the making beats out of it. I mean like getting in the studio with somebody, hearing their songs or working on a new song. This producer, hey, try this melody. Oh shit, what if you said it like this? Boom, boom. Hey, throw that part. Throw that hook right here. Yo, do a drop right there. Like, I really love that shit. Just conversations with artists, like trying to pull the best out of them, push them, similar to basketball, like trying to stretch their limits. And like, I could see myself always doing that because that doesn't take, that's not, that's not like a J. Cole career. You know what I mean? That's, that's, it ain't got nothing to do with me really. That's like service. That's like of service, utilizing like what I've learned and service of other people. And it, it's not that taxing. And it's way easier to do for other people. It's way easier for me to see what what I wish somebody, you know, I wish I had the things that I see in other people. Oh, all you got to do is this. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I wish there was somebody with the vocabulary to just do that for me. Like, bro, look, it's this song with this right here, just come over here, replace that bridge. Like, but, um, but yeah, so, so I think, I think, yeah, it's just like, I don't know if it's an exit path, but it's definitely uh, a peace path. I say that. I already said that, but yeah, I think a peace path is a better term. Kevin and I had conversations about this, and we kind of like posed the question, how, how much is enough, right? And we're talking every money, success, achievements, or whatever, and we kind of landed at a similar point, like what you said. When you can be at peace and you can kind of just be free, that's like this. That's that's where you trying to land. It sounds like you're getting there. It sounds like, like you still have some things you have to do, but you're on the way. And like it's, it's that's dope to hear. I know when Kevin and I discussed it, it was like not sure where that's at just yet. Kev, Kevin, I feel like Kevin has a lot of things he still wants to do in life. I call him like a experience junkie. He's kind of like there's all this little shit that he still wants to do, and there's still time to do it. But I mean, you as well. But as far as music, it sounds like. Are you just running out of accolades to achieve? Nah, cause cause bro, the accolades don't like I remember uh when Middle Child came out, I used to always get these updates from Eve. He'll tell he'll keep telling me like how the song is doing. And and like the numbers were amazing, but I just remember the feeling just didn't, you know, it, it just didn't really do anything. I appreciated it, you know what I mean? But it wasn't like a, it wasn't a super fulfilling feeling. That's because as I got older. I learned that, yo, the fulfilling feeling doesn't come from that. The fulfilling feeling came from making a song. You know what I mean? It came from being in that zone and being in that moment. You know what I mean? So, like, so the accolades don't, don't, uh, they, they don't last long. The joy of the accolade don't last long. You know what I mean? So, for me, it's not like, yo, I'm running out of accolades. It's just more like, it's just a checklist, man. Like, I said I wanted to dunk again. I said I wanted to have handles again. <laughs> like, Mm-hmm. I train really hard to get my pen to the level where it's like, oh, now I know can't nobody jump higher than me. You know what I mean? Oh, nobody can. I now got Kyrie level handles. You know what I mean? Like, so like I, I, I set a goal, I achieved it. 
it's just that's really what it is. It's just setting these goals for myself in terms of personal uh fulfillment, fulfilling things. Fulfillment, that's the word. Yeah, fulfillment. And that, that fulfillment is hard. Like the 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 zone of Kobe scoring 81, you don't score 81 without like a lot of painful hours. You know what I mean? Going into your training. You know what I mean? Like you can't get there. Like I'm not gonna come in this Rwanda league right now and score 81 points because in this in this BAL, because I never I didn't put in enough painful hours, you know what I mean? And like I didn't I didn't do it. So that zone could never happen for me. Similarly, a rapper that's been rapping for one, two, three years, he's not gonna be able to write a four-year eyes only, nine-minute song, storytelling, crystal clear, beginning, middle, end, climax message, like uh, you know what I mean? Like it's just not possible because he didn't put in like the painful hours, he can't experience that zone yet. So for me. It's just about setting fulfillment uh, things for myself and then working hard to make sure that I can experience those things because that's, you know, that's, that's, I don't know how to explain it or if I'm explaining it right, but like, that's what it comes down to. Nah, I get it. No, that makes sense. No, yeah. that makes sense. Yo, we got to get y'all on the court together and in the studio together. Can't tell you. No, nah, we for sure, for sure working out together this summer. Ooh, I would love I'm that, I'm talking bro. about a real, some real bump. Like, I need that to happen. You know how you like get artists in the studio? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, that's how I feel with people in the gym. Like, if you say you committed to hoop, like, we got to work out together. The yeah, same I'm with shit it, bro. that I do, you got to do. So, I'm looking forward to that shit. Yeah, that'd be amazing, bro. That'd be an honor. When Master P said you, you wanted to make the NBA, me and Kev were like, get the fuck. Come on, dog. The NBA? <laughs> <laughs> so, I know he want to play. I know he want to play you. Uh, yeah, I, re I, I really didn't like, uh, I love Master P, but I, I wish he didn't. Uh, do that because the way it came out was like as if I think that I'm just like I'm just league ready like I'm just like that like <laughs> no like there's no no for real as a competitor I was just like yeah all right bring him out yeah, yeah. Bro, I, <laughs> I, I need to run I, I need to run it too yeah, I gotta run it too <laughs> I thought about every like basketball nigga I know and respect and I'm just like oh my god like like the truth is 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 so far from that and it's like no nigga I'm not. No part of me thinks that I'm an NBA uh, talent. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't even know if I'm a uh, BAL talent, nigga. Yeah. Like I'm out here just Man, to, just to see. Like, and these niggas are professional. These niggas ain't no joke out here either. You know what I mean? So it's like there's no part of me that thinks like I'm I'm some uh like like NBA caliber player. I tell you one thing though. Everybody in our locker room pulling for you. Want to see you play well. It's on your side. Don't really not not in no joking way or like niggas really respect that you're going out there to hoop because we know how tough that shit is. So no. you got a lot of dudes pulling for you, man. I appreciate that, no man. Bullshit. I, I pre thank you, man. I thank you. I hope you know. I hope I I hope I make people proud. But if not, I'm at peace with whatever <laughs> with whatever goes down. We're gonna you try already to, did. We, we're gonna try to uh, we're gonna try <laughs> to. Get we need some buckets for sure. No doubt. I'm going to try to provide it. <laughs> Yo, yeah, we that, like, it cracked me up. I was telling, I was telling Kevin the other day, I said, if I, if I had that much success, I would, I would have like an Iron Man suit, right? But I'd also probably be like a slot receiver in some pro football league too. Like, we'll all still have that dream forever, right? We'll all want to like do that on the field, on the court, wherever. Just like the Hoopers will always, shit, they'll always want to go platinum. They'll always want to get a placement with a beat or whatever it is. So it's dope watching you, you know, as somebody who's watched you as a fan since, like, I remember being on message boards. Like, hey, man, I think I think warm-up might be better than So Far Gone. Like, I was stuck on that fucking album. on that I'm going to call it an album, but 
mixtape way back yeah, then. Thank you. I'll take that. So it's it's dope hearing that, and the same thing for Friday Night Lights. As somebody who's written about your shit for a long time, I'm excited to see what you're doing. I'm excited to see you back rapping in a way that I appreciate more as a fan. Like I liked the last couple albums, but this is different for me, and uh, it's dope. It's dope watching you. I gotta say, before we let you go, uh, shout out to Rich for his contributions to your debut album. He wanted me to. What is me to make sure we reminded everybody? <laughs> oh my God. When you talk about a Yo, Rich, get out of here. You, know, you talk about a low point in my life. That's Rich about that night. That was a low that was a stressful time uh on Rock Nation, boy. That was a that was a that was a tough time. When Rich Climate is in the booth, you know something's going uh <laughs> I, and I love Rich Climbing. He loves me. I love him. Glad you said that. But but, but Rich, no, we had no business doing that. Me or him, man. But but that's my dog because the fact that he even stepped foot in that bitch was was amazing. Thank you, man. We was just trying to we was just trying to fucking get off the shelf at that point. My dog, Rich, man. And then I I gotta ask, like uh, Friday Night Lights, uh, warm up. Are those ever gonna end up? Streaming platform platforms like one hundred percent. I mean, what we, is the idea there? We, I mean, honestly, bro, I've been trying to clear them joints for years. I think it's just a matter of like timing. Some samples are a little harder to clear than others. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's absolutely going to happen. Like my even sometimes when I go on streaming services, I'm like, I I I understand that like people don't even like if you don't have at least I'm not even talking about the come up which I would throw that in there too. But if you don't have the warm-up in Friday Night Lights and you never heard that, like you have no clue who I am as an artist. That's the foundational rock of, of, of who I am and what I represent as an artist. And everything else has to be judged against those because that's me and my purest and like truest. You know what I mean? So like even you talked about like uh, the last two albums, KOD and For Your Eyes Only. I had been talking about my life so much. I, it wasn't on purpose. I just caught myself naturally doing it. That it was like after Four Sales Drive hit, I wasn't even interested in talking. Yeah. I thought it was so ironic when I look back that like four yards only is like I'm not even looking at the camera. I'm turned around. Yeah. And then KOD is like a painting where it's like I'm not even on these covers. And it's like it's because I have been giving up so much of myself for so long from the come up, the warm up, Friday Night Lights, Silent Story, Born Center, Four Sales Drive that it was like I was tapped out of anything from me. You know what I mean? So, so, but, but to only view my career, I feel like from, from sideline story to like the all season is, is, is like, I would, I would not be happy. You know what I mean? When I went, when just knowing that, that like, oh man, like, like you, you just started listening to me like three years ago or something. And you think that this is my body of work, not even knowing that like, no nigga, like who I really am is on those projects. So absolutely to answer that, that, that the, uh, the goal is to, to clear those all the way and put them on streaming services. When it's gonna happen, I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully soon. Yeah, like uh, I, I'm, a, I'm geeked. You said that because listening back to everything as we prepared to do this and as you know, we knew this was coming up. Uh, it's clear. It's clear what you just said. You do Forest Hills is the name of your old house, right? Like, and then the next two albums are very much you telling specific stories that almost completely remove you and. It's it's just a fascinating part of your journey where it's like, yo, I've said it all. Like, y'all know way too fucking much about me. Like, you know, yes. that's kind of always been your your tagline, too. Like, it's, there's always this sense of intimacy with what you do and what you give to your fans. And to take that turn and you're more observing. And, you know, we had songs like 
um, what is it, photograph, but you're kind of just examining like Instagram and the way this is affecting our lives. And exactly. Like and it's like you making these observations. It, it kind of reminds me of like a, a like a comedian. Like I've compared you to comedians before in the past, just how observant you are. You make these small little intricacies. But it's like comedians get so famous their life isn't funny no more. Like, it's like, yeah, I fucking, there's marble all over my house. And like, I, I'm, I'm swimming yep. in gold, you know what I mean? Like, so they're, they're now examining the world. And it, it was that phase of your life to me. And this is going back to the new album. It's a little bit more intimate. It's a little bit of a return to that. And so it's dope to see. It's fun, man. Bro, hearing you say that, I got to say, like, even earlier, what you said about let go my hand and the, and the part about, like, growing up and just, like, fear, like, just the fear of violence, you know what I mean? And like yeah. having to like put on a mask just to make sure niggas don't ever even try you. Um, like hearing you say that, like that was the that was the mission and the goal was not just to tap into the bars, tap back into the bars and like elevate that to a level A it was and B has never been, but also like the, re the relatability and the vulnerability factor of like, how can you be successful, monetarily rich, but still be relatable like like and 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 similar to the bars that was something that because i had been spending the last two albums just like you said examining and and not like allowing i had to i had to find out and it the answer just came back to like honesty like no matter what like if you're just honest like if you're just honest then they'll feel you and and, and they'll relate but it wasn't easy is my point like like but I did have to purge myself of like th that examination, like you said, in order to even have an appetite to want to share things again. You know what I mean? And like, and, and 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 to get that off. And it was like, just like the bars, it was like I had to sharpen my pen to that level as well. Yeah, no, it's it's dope to hear you get back to it. I think for a lot of your fans, I don't want to speak for everybody. I mean, me as a fan, that's kind of always been your calling card and what make what separates you you know what puts you on your own island um so it's not shocking to me for this I to agree. immediately ring out and hear it from other people who are fans of you who aren't as fans of you and it's like oh call back on this old shit and uh i know mm -hmm. that j bar is like go get my old albums but there's always value in that getting back to that place so yeah man congrats on the release congrats on making the team on <laughs> on seeing the court and being a pro yeah actually gonna be able to say like i was a professional basketball player and and uh it's crazy thank you yeah man. it's amazing and we happy to say thanks for doing this like i said you kind of completed the holy trinity for us and if nothing else me and kev are just music nerds and we just love tapping into what y'all got going on and it's always dope to talk directly to the source man nah, that's amazing bro this was fire damn it's like intricate on both levels on the music level and the basketball level yeah, uh, man. I, I appreciated that. Man, that was incredible, man. I appreciate you, brother. Yeah, we know we're keeping you up hella late, bro, so appreciate it. Yeah. Kill this weekend, man. Yeah, right. What time you got practice tomorrow, yo? Uh, tomorrow's up. We got a we got a meeting with, like, the president of this league at 10 a.m., and then we got a late practice, like, 4 to 6. Today was hell. I ain't gonna, yo, today was tough. <laughs> like, just the, uh, the schedule. I was like, yo, like, I don't envy y'all. Like, was it today or yesterday? <laughs> These days is like shit. <laughs> you forget the days of the week when you're in this shit, man. Bro, I was like, yo, y'all niggas, like, because, you know, I've, I, I, this is my first job, bro, in bad <laughs> long, where it's like, oh, I got to show up here at this time 
you know, and, and answer to this person, I'm loving it, but I'm also like, damn, like, nigga, I got to be, we got to be at the team meeting at this time, and we got to go to the bus, be at the bus here, but then we got to go testing. We in a real legit bubble. Got to show up for testing yeah. here. Oh, got to put my laundry out on the door. Got to, got to wear this shirt. Got to wear the this grind, shirt. man. These I love to hear it. It's, it's fire, bro. But I'm like, it's, 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 it made me respect what y'all do so much more. Like, I mean, I respect it anyways, but now I'm here. I could, how could you, how could you, you couldn't respect it all the way until you, until you like, did it. done it. And it's like, I'm only getting a small mm -hmm. taste, but it, it lets me know that like, yo, the grind is different, especially for these dudes that's over here chasing, like, the guys that's chasing this dream, niggas got to go to China, then they got to go to the Philippines, then they got to go to Puerto yeah. Rico, and boom, boom. That's something I'm appreciating too, because like, tough. man, them niggas like, they're, 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 that's a story that like, I feel like, like the world got to hear. Like these dudes that's like fighting that fight, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? And like, mm -hmm. you know, I know that's a whole nother uh, thing. I don't mean to take it, take it. Uh, deeper than where we already went but you know it just made me respect all of y'all part two no, no doubt part two for, for sure. sure right yeah we gotta do it again sure, man. man I appreciate you bro thanks for coming on man let's do it man thank sure. y'all bro yo be straight get some sleep bro no doubt <laughs>